Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by Daryl Reed. For more podcasts, news and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Well, this morning I want to talk to us about fruitfulness and uh, links in a little bit with what Steve was going on about with the, the offering and uh, as well as the painting a little bit. So when we go back to the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis, we're going to go from the beginning to the end today. So get comfortable, relax. Uh, we'll be here for a while. We're going to start in Genesis chapter one. Now we'll skip a few books, a couple of chapters. But um, right at the beginning, we, we see God creating, and as He creates, there's this common thread. After He's created, for example, vegetation, He blesses it, and He says, be fruitful and multiply. So we see this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. And God said, this is talking of the vegetation, the, the earth and the plants and everything. Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth, and it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which their seed, in which is their seed, each according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Even just the vegetation, God is saying this is good, and He's blessing it. He's giving this, this kind of creation instruction to the, the very things of nature to be fruitful and to multiply. Uh, a little side note on this. I, I love that in the fruit is the seed. Isn't that just amazing that, that, you know, the seed creates fruit and then within the fruit there's more seed. God designed nature to multiply and to be fruitful. And, and not just that one would replicate one, but that one would replicate hundreds or even sometimes thousands as we look at, at nature. And so even when we look to the miraculous and to miracles, so we did a time of, of praying for healing at the end of our, our worship there. I want to say to you that miracles are pregnant with more miracles because a miracle is like, is, is like fruit. It's, it's a fruit of our prayer. And within that fruit, there's seed for more miracles to take place. And so when we see God moving powerfully, when we see uh, healing take place, when we see something of the supernatural breaking into our natural realm, uh, I think generally we're pretty good at celebrating and uh, thanking God, and, and that's so good and important that we do that. But there's another step to it, and we need to recognize and realize that within that miracle, there is seed for that miracle to reproduce again and make more fruit. In Revelation, it says that the testimony of Jesus is prophecy. That's what it's saying. It's as we testify about what God has done, we're prophesying to that situation and saying, do it again. Do that same breakthrough again. And so miracles are pregnant with more miracles. Within miracles, there's seed for more miracles. And so when you have a breakthrough and, uh, you know, Maybe someone asks you if you'll share your testimony or you'll tell your story 
I know a lot of us get shy and you don't want to take the microphone or you don't want to talk in front of people and, and we kind of get this, oh, no, no, I, I don't want to tell anyone and it, because God blessed me or whatever. I want to say that when we do that, perhaps we're robbing people of their breakthrough because the seed for their breakthrough is in your breakthrough. And so come on, people, when we have breakthrough, it's not about you necessarily, but you need to be, have the boldness to go and share that testimony because within that testimony, there's breakthrough for someone else. And so when it comes to sharing a testimony, it's not about you, but it's about our King and about our King working through that because there's life that is still living within that testimony. And He wants to bring breakthrough to others. So come on, I want to encourage us. Let's be people that are bold and courageous when it comes to sharing about the good things that God is doing. Sharing the miracles, the breakthroughs, the testimonies, the healing stories, because those are there to bless others because miracles, like I said, pregnant with more miracles. We move on to Genesis uh, chapter 1 still. It's going to be a long morning. Uh, we skip a couple of verses. We're in verse 21 now. And now, we, now we're looking at ocean life and birds. It says, so God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds and let birds multiply on the earth. Again, we've seen the vegetation. God blesses it. He says, be fruitful and multiply. Now we're seeing the waters and the bird, the birds in the air, and God's blessing it, and he's saying, be fruitful and multiply. We then go a couple verses down to Genesis 1 verse 28, where now uh, man is being created, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. God blessed man when he created man and gave us a mandate, a mandate to be fruitful, a mandate to take dominion and to take Eden as it was and to replicate that throughout the earth. We have a mandate and we were created just as every uh, plant and every animal is created its DNA is wired to be fruitful and to multiply. The same DNA is in you and I. We are created to be fruitful and to multiply. Even then, we see it just a couple verses later or chapters later with, with Noah. Uh, so God obviously cleanses the earth and it's like this restart. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Again in verse 7 of Genesis chapter 9. And you be fruitful and multiply. Increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. We have a mandate to multiply and to be fruitful, to increase. And so what areas in life are we supposed to be fruitful? Is it just that we are supposed to, you know, reproduce and make more, more people? That's only meant to be for within the context of marriage. So if you're single, then don't take that mandate up yet. That mandate only becomes applicable once you've got a ring on the finger. But so there's different aspects that we're called to be fruitful. We're called to be fruitful in physical 
intangible ways. So we're supposed to replicate with making more people. Um, we're supposed to be fruitful in that, in that way of taking dominion over the earth. Just as we see Adam and Eve, uh, they have this dominion over Eden, and we're supposed to then replicate that. So take dominion over your household, over your property, over your garden. <laughs> There's practical, tangible areas where we're supposed to be fruitful and, and to take dominion. The second area we're supposed to be fruitful is in our work. God, God blessed us to work, and work is a blessing, and we are created to be fruitful in the work that we do. Whatever it is that you do, whether you're an accountant or an artist, a teacher, whatever it is, God has placed within you the DNA and the ability, the design to be fruitful. Maybe you're a financial planner, whatever it is, God wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to have increase and to multiply, not just for your sake, but for the sake of others for the sake of your company, for the sake of your other colleagues. God wants you to be fruitful in your workplace. A third area where God wants us to be fruitful is obviously spiritually. Just as God created us physically to increase and to multiply, even more so, I think, spiritually, are we wired? Are we created? As soon as we became that new creation, the day we gave our hearts to Jesus and said yes to Him, something internally got rewired. The DNA within us almost changed spiritually that we might be fruitful and multiply in a spiritual sense. That looks like making new disciples. It looks like taking spiritual dominion over the area where, where we live in our city, in our suburbs. It looks like being fruitful increasing, multiplying the, the, the presence, the kingdom of God here on earth. We're called to be fruitful in these ways. And so over the next three hours, we're going to be looking at a couple different keys. I like to tease John because John knows himself. He cannot talk for a short amount of time. I'm normally a little bit better than him, but I got a lot to get through, so we'll see how we go. I want to look at a couple different keys. I've got about seven keys uh, that, that I believe are keys for fruitfulness, uh, that if we, if we grab hold of these and steward them and just become aware of them, I think it'll help us to become even more fruitful. And hopefully the first thing is that you've just, if you didn't realize that your, your spirit has been awakened to realize that you are created to be fruitful. Um, and so the first thing is the environment that you dwell in. The environment is critical to being fruitful. Just think of nature and think of a plant. Think of, have you ever seen maybe a pot plant that, that's in your house or uh, that's, you know, in, in the wrong, wrong region? Like if you sometimes maybe take, a, for example, a plant from Durban and you put it in a pot plant and you put it in your house here, you're going to have this little pot plant. You go to Durban and it's like this forest uh, of whatever because it's in the right environment. To grow, we've got to be in the right environment. For a, for a tree to grow, it needs the right environment. If it's too hot or too cold or too windy or too much water, not enough water, uh, we need to be in the right environment if we want to be fruitful. And so being in the right environment is, is critical. And I think along with that is our fruitfulness is not by striving. You know, think of an apple tree. Does an apple tree strive and think, today I'm going to make three apples? That is my goal for today. I'm going to strive and do whatever I can to make three new apples. <laughs> it's like, no, the apple tree is just in the environment. As it's just in the environment, uh, 
as it's healthy in the environment, it naturally produces fruit because it's what it's designed to do. You see, when we do what we're designed to do and we just position ourselves in a good, godly, right environment, the place where God wants you to be, the natural progression is that we are fruitful. It's not, it's not by this striving and this hard work. You see, striving means to try very hard to make something happen. Fruitfulness is not trying very hard to make something happen. Fruitfulness is a natural thing that takes place. Now, don't misunderstand me, because there's also a saying that we, we love to say that we're called human beings, not human doings. Anyone heard that, that phrase before? Some of you. And so it's kind of the, the message that comes with that is that we're just supposed to just be in His presence. That's all we need to do. We just need to be. And, uh, and I think there's so much value and, and there's so much power in just being in His presence. But that doesn't mean that we don't do something. Because if you want to get that well done, good and faithful servant, I think you have to do something. <laughs> I don't think God is going to say, you were a well-being, you just did nothing. You just sat at my feet all day and you, you did well at doing that. Um, no, we're supposed to be fruitful and that means we have to do something. But I think the critical thing is what is the heart from which you are doing something? Are you working for love? Are you working for God's recognition? Or are you working and doing things from a place of knowing I am loved? I'm a son of the king. I'm a daughter of the king. And from that place of being affirmed in him, from that place I can now go forth and be fruitful and multiply. And so the environment that we find ourselves in is just absolutely key. Our previous property, we had an olive tree that we uh, got given from my, my wife's parents, and it, it was in a pot plant. And it lived in the pot plant for a, a good number of years. And eventually I said to my wife one day, why don't we plant this instead of in the ground instead of leaving it in the pot plant? And uh, we agreed. We said, let's do it. We chose a, an area in the garden, and one day dug a big hole and planted the, the olive tree. Within probably two or three years, that olive tree had tripled in size. You see, we changed the environment it was in, and all of a sudden it started to grow and to increase, to be fruitful. Sometimes I think we look for too much safety in the environment we place ourselves in. We want everything to be a bit too organized and structured. And so I'm just going to position myself in this pot, and I'm, I'm going to grow a little, and I'm going to be a little bit fruitful. But God has so much more for us when we, you know, just get grounded and we planted in the ground with all the other stuff of life wherever God wants you to be. Another key for being fruitful is to abide in Him. And we all know this passage of Scripture well by now, I'm sure. John chapter 15. Uh, we're going to read from verse 1 to 5 and then verse 8. It says, I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the, wor the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. And verse 8, by this my Father 
is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. You see, when we are fruitful, we glorify Jesus. And that means all those, those three areas, I'm sure there's more areas of fruitfulness. I'm talking about physical, tangible fruitfulness. I'm talking about work fruitfulness. I'm talking about spiritual fruitfulness. You know, when you just do an amazing job in, in your career, that can glorify God because you're being fruitful. It's what God created you to do. We glorify Him when we're fruitful. And so obviously we have to abide in Him. That means we need community. We need connection. Just as a, a vine and the branches, it's all connected. It's not like there's just one branch coming out of the vine and, and that one branch is now, now fruitful. No, we're connected together as, as believers. And as we position ourselves, as we abide together in Him, there's a fruitfulness that comes to us individually as well as corporately. To abide means to be continuously present. We need to be continuously present in His presence and with Him. Just think about it for a moment. Imagine if you took one of your, your, your trees at home or one of your pot plants and uh, you, you pulled it out of all the soil so all the roots are exposed and uh, Monday to Saturday you just left it lying on the table in the corner somewhere of your house. And, and only on a Sunday did you let that tree abide in the soil. How, how's that tree going to fare? It's not going to fare well. It's going to be dead within a couple of days probably. Come on, we can't just go to church on a Sunday morning and say, I'm abiding in the Lord. And then Monday to Saturday we don't do that. No, to abide means to be continuously present in the Lord. That we're continually connected to Him. We're seeking Him. We're praying to Him. Deep calling out to deep Monday through Saturday and on Sundays. We need to continuously abide if we want to be fruitful. We can't live this double life where, you know, maybe on Saturday night when I'm watching the rugby and with my mates, well, I'm, I'm not going to abide now and I'm going to just step out of the soil and I'm just going to be exposed <laughs> and then on Sunday come back into the soil. Like, no, come on, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so if we don't abide, that robs you of your fruitfulness. When we, when we make these, these choices that, that take us out of our ability to abide in Him, uh, it robs us of being fruitful, which robs God of being glorified. You see, the, the environment, like I, I mentioned first, is critical, but we need more than that. And so I'm going to give a, a metaphor in the negative to uh, demonstrate uh, a principle. And so just... This is a metaphor. Don't take me literally. Let's imagine on the negative, the opposite side of fruitfulness, which one of the, the antonyms of fruitfulness is barrenness. Uh, let's, let's imagine that your goal in life was to be as barren as possible. And so to do that, you thought, well, you're going to go to the bar every night and you're going to drink as much as you can until you can't stand anymore. And your goal is to be completely barren and to get drunk every night, to live a life that's completely wasted. If that was someone's goal and they went to the pub every night, they sat at the bar counter with a bartender right opposite them, sitting there and being there every night, and they don't order a single drink from the barman, are they going to accomplish their goal? No, because they're going to remain sober because they haven't had anything to drink. What am I saying? 
You can be in the right environment. You can go sit at that bar. But if you do not order a drink and then drink it, you will not accomplish your goal. You see, you can come to church every Sunday morning. You can be in the right environment. But if you do not engage with the Lord, you might as well be sitting at the bar. Um, It's an exaggeration. Don't take me literally. But come on, you've got to engage with the Lord when you're here. Just being in the environment is not enough. We need to raise our hands and worship Him. We need to bring our heart into, into a place where we're saying, God, I want to honor you. I want to worship you. I want to give my life for you because you are worthy. We've got to do more than just show up. Showing up is 90%, but you've got to carry on and you've got to do something. We've got to be present. Come on, I'm sure we've all been in meetings uh, or been in family situations where, you know, someone's there, but they're not actually present because they're present somewhere else. Come on, let's not be absent when we're at church, when we're gathering together. Let's not be absent when you're trying to have a quiet time with the Lord, when you're trying to pray or worship in your, your own capacity or on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night or on, whenever it is that we gather. Let's be present. Let's, let's be fully present as we abide in Him. Another key to fruitfulness is generosity. You know, in, in our, our natural minds, it's so counterintuitive. We think to, to, to gather something and to be fruitful, we need to hold on to it as best as we can. We need to grab hold of the things that we've got and look after them and protect them and just keep it. Whereas when we look at the kingdom principles, it's the complete opposite. It's the complete opposite. You know, what happened with the crowd gathered after Jesus has been sharing uh, life and talking of the kingdom and healing everyone and there's this crowd gathered and Jesus says to his, says to his disciples, come on, let's, let's feed them. After the disciples say, we need to let them go uh, so they can go get food and Jesus says, no, why don't we feed them? And they say, we haven't got anything and what do they do? They find one small boy with, uh, with five loaves and two small fish and what, is, what does that boy do is he gives it away to Jesus And as he gives it, Jesus takes it and multiplies it and it becomes incredibly fruitful enough that more than 5,000 people get fed and there's like 10 times more leftovers than what they started with. Come on, you see, when we give unto the Lord, that's when he can take what we've given him and multiply it. Generosity is a key for fruitfulness. Even when we look at, uh, you know, the the famous scripture on tithing, Malachi 3 verse 10, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Come on, we all want to have that be our truth, that there won't be enough, enough space to store the abundance of the Lord pouring out. But what is the key first is as we give. You see, when we give, we unlock a spiritual principle that releases fruitfulness and abundance. And so, you know why the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea and why it is dead? Because living water flows into it, but nothing flows out of it. You see, when you only have living water, living life flowing into you, but you don't let anything flow out, you start to die. Because God created you to receive life and to give life. Freely you have received, freely give. 
as we take of the richness of what God is giving us and we then freely give, and I'm talking practically, financially, give of your time, give of your service, give of whatever it is that you've got, your skills, your ability. It's as we give, it's as we release life that we have a bigger capacity to receive more life. It's what Stephen Isabel started this morning. Come with your, your little cup of hunger, you know, representing your hunger for the Lord and, and, and throw that away and get a bigger, bigger cup. How do you do that? By giving. It's as you give that God enlarges your capacity to, to receive more so you can give more. That's how we become fruitful. It's as we give. It's as we give. You know what the opposite of, um, of generosity is? I think we could, we could say it's selfishness. One of the biggest hindrances in our day, in our millennial generation. I'm, I'm privileged to be one of those millennials. I don't, know if, I don't know if privilege and millennial generally go together very well, but we've been titled the me, me, me generation. It's all about me. It's you know, this narcissistic generation with self-love where we just become so infatuated with ourselves that it just becomes you know, Instagram photos and selfies and make me look cool and filters and everything. It's all about self, uh, you know, self-love, which is selfish. To be generous, we have to let go of those selfish desires and realize that it's not about us. It's not about you. It's about Him. It's about Him and it's about others. It's what life is about. That's how we become fruitful as we give, as we're generous. Next point is that we've got to keep moving forward. I love what James Couture was sharing on two weeks ago. You know, when you're crossing the Red, the red Sea or the Reed Sea, you've you got to keep moving. You can't stop halfway and say, I'm tired, let's have a picnic. Uh, you've you got to keep moving. And uh, I think it was Patrick Jerry who, who taught me this. He says, in the kingdom, there's no stationary position. There's, there's, there's only movement positions. You're either moving forward in the Lord or you're moving backwards in the Lord. If we want to be fruitful, we've got to keep moving forward. You know, I think it's a, it's a lie and it's a, de it's a deception to think, I'm just going to live in my pot plant and I'm just going to get, you know, so tall. And as long as I'm producing uh, seven apples every season, then I'm, I'm being fruitful. I'm doing something. No, we've got to keep moving forward. Look at nature. Everything in nature doesn't, like, stop growing when we look at vegetation. It continues to grow. It continues to be fruitful for all of its life. Unless it's like the fig tree that's not. And then what did Jesus do with the fig tree? You guys can go read it for yourself. But it wasn't treated very nicely. We're designed to continue to grow and continue to move forward. And so we need to intentionally position ourselves that we will continue to move forward in the Lord, that we won't just say, or I'm comfortable with, with this little bit of dominion I have now, and so I'm just going to uh, set up camp here and I'm just going to be good with this. No, there's always more that God has for us. We need to keep moving forward. Colossians 1 verse 9 and 10. It says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through the wisdom of his understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. 
As we grow in the knowledge of God, as we grow in Him, we continue to bear fruit in every good work. We need to keep moving forward. Another key to be fruitful is you've got to get rid of unwanted paddlers. Now, I know that makes no sense to you, does it? <laughs> I was sharing with someone just a couple of weeks ago. You know, if you looked at an analogy of, of, of canoeing a boat, some, imagine if you, had, if you had three paddlers on your boat that were paddling in the opposite direction to you. You're not going to move forward, are you? You're going to be stuck and you're going to be moving backwards. As much as you strive to move forward, as much as you strive to, to go where you want to go, you're not going anywhere until you get rid of those unwanted paddlers. What are those unwanted paddlers? Well, it's sin. It's the, it's the sin that entangles us. It's those things that hold us back from abiding in Him. Those branches that don't bear fruit, what happened? They get cut off. Those sins, those things that hold us back, we need to cut those things off. We need to chop them off because those are the things that prevent you from being fruitful. I'm sure we've all got our, our things that we struggle with, things, those, those temptations where we just feel weak. We need to bring those before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm weak in this area. Will you chop this branch from me? Will you get rid of this unwanted paddler because I want to move forward with you and I don't want this to hold me back because it's preventing me from being fruitful, which prevents me from glorifying you. Come on, if there's unwanted paddlers on your boat, you need to evict them so you can move forward. It gets a little bit more hard. <laughs> we need to die to self and live for Christ. John chapter 12, verse 24. says, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. You see, it's as we live a life that's not just not selfish, but a life that's completely laid down at the feet of Jesus, that's completely handed over to Him, it's as we do that, as we, we, we die to our own desire, our own dreams, our own um, ambitions in life, as we lay those down and, you know, at the altar and we sacrifice them, that's when God normally raises it up again and gives it to you that's normally in a, in a bigger, grander way. But we've got to take those selfish ambitions and those dreams and we've got to let them die. Because life's not about you. All the millennials in here are like, what? Come on, this can't be true. Surely life is about me. Surely I'm the center of the universe. Like, you know I'm the center of the universe. <laughs> I'm sorry to let you down if you're in that generation, but life's not about you. God's not about just you. You're not the center of the universe. It's about Him. And it's about His dream. And if we just get to play a part of fulfilling the fruitfulness of His dream, man, is there anything better in life? But how do we get to that place? We've got to sacrifice our own dreams and desires and say, God, I don't want my own desire fulfilled. I want your desire fulfilled. Whatever it is that that might look like for me. As we lay down our lives... It's when we die that we then become fruitful and multiply. The last uh, 
last key to fruitfulness is you need to know your identity. We need to know who we are. Because too often in, 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 in the modern world, we, we look at something that looks attractive and appealing and we say, I want to be like that. And then we try to mimic and replicate that fruit. You know, we're a pear tree over here, but we see the apple tree and we see everyone picking the fruit off the apple tree because everyone loves it and it's just so delicious. And, and the pear tree looks over at the apple tree and starts to feel ashamed and feel like, nobody loves me. <laughs> Everybody hates me. I wish I was an apple tree. <laughs> and then we start striving and thinking, how can I turn my pears into apples? Because apples are the fruit of the season. And I just want to be popular like that tree over there. And so by my striving, I want to be like that. Come on, I think we all know that when we try to be what we're not, we're not fruitful anymore. We need to know who we are and who God created us to be so that we can be fruitful. Luke, cha Luke chapter 6, verse 43 to 45. It says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick fig, uh, figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. As we know our identity in Him, as we become the best you that you can be, that's what God wants for you. Is He wants you to be the best you that He created you to be. He doesn't want you to be what you're not. He wants you to be who you are. And so find that affirmation and that comfort in who God created you to be, that you can be fruitful in the, in the way God created you to be fruitful. And don't compare yourself to others to try and be like them. Romans chapter 7, verse 4. It says, So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. God laid down his life we became a new creation. We don't belong to ourselves anymore, but we belong to another, and his name is Jesus. And we've been created to be fruitful for him. Jesus did what he did so that we might be fruitful in order that we might bear fruit for God. Come on, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that profound? Isn't it powerful that God created us to bear fruit for Him. He called us. He equips us. He empowers us. He does everything we need. He puts us in the right environment. He's, he's present and ready for us to abide in Him all the time. He gives us something that we can be generous with. He gives us the, the ability to push the eject button and get rid of those unwanted paddlers as soon as we just repent of those things. He gives us everything that we need that we might bear fruit abundant fruit for him. Won't you stand? Father, we're so amazed as we look at creation, as we look at how you created everything to reproduce, to be fruitful, to multiply. 
Lord, we're, we're astounded. And, and thank you, Lord, that you placed within each one of us that ability, that desire, that gifting, that anointing, that ability to be fruitful. Lord, we ask as a people that you will help us to be fruitful. Help us to be fruitful for you because as we are fruitful, you are glorified. It's not about us, it's about you. Thank you, Lord, that you help us to lay down our selfish ambitions. Thank you that you help us to realize it's not about me, but it's about you. And that as we lay down our selfish desires, as we lay down our own dreams to grab hold of your dream, thank you, Lord, that you help us to be fruitful for you, that you might be glorified. And so, King Jesus, we say, come and have your way with us. Come and guide us and lead us into abundant fruitfulness. Thank you that we're fruitful in our workplaces. Thank you that we're fruitful in our family lives. Thank you that we're fruitful spiritually, that we continue to bring heaven on earth. Thank you, Lord, that we continue to expand your kingdom and be fruitful for your name's sake. And so we bless each one of you. And we just address the lie that some of you have believed that you're not created to be fruitful. You're not created to do anything good. We reject that lie. We break that lie off right now by the power of the blood of Jesus. And we say to, I want to speak to your DNA this morning, your spiritual DNA, and say you are created to be fruitful for the King of Kings. That is who you are, and that is the truth. And so I want to bless you and say, go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful afternoon. Go and be fruitful for the King this week. And uh, be blessed. See you next week, Sunday. All the best.